Welcome to the Devotional Toddcast, hosted by Pastor Todd Walker and Crossroads Church in Littleton, New Hampshire. Tonight in our Toddcast, I'm going to call this Confidently Incompetent. Confidently Incompetent. Is there anything you're really bad at? Everybody's nodding. Every, something you're really bad at. Something that no matter how hard you try, you just don't seem to be good at it. Is there anything like that? Yes. Anyone want to fess up? Paying my taxes. Paying your taxes? Uh-oh. A little too honest. Yeah, go ahead, David. My penmanship. Your penmanship? No matter how hard you try? Okay. All right. Good thing we have keyboards, right? That's right. Well, I'm going to start with the children tonight. Kids, are there anything you're bad at that no matter how hard you try, you're just not going to be good at it? Does any kid want to fess up? Haddon, Titus, Helix, anything kids are bad at? Come on, kids, let's be honest. Sierra? Where's Sierra? Sierra, what are you bad at? Tell me what's something you're bad at. Nothing. She's perfect. Okay. Okay. I, I know, see, I know one thing kids are bad at, and I'm going to reveal it if you don't, Okay. Listening? Oh, ouch. Oh. I'm glad she said it. I'm glad she said it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you one thing the kids are bad at, okay? Kids, what was that? You know the answer. He looked at the teacher's notes. Say it again. Being adults. Yes, kids are bad at acting like parents. Now, they're not good at trying to act like parents. They're really good at that. But sorry, kids, it's true. I have to admit it, you stink at being parents. <laughs> now, that's okay because you're not alone. Moms, where are moms? Mother's Day's coming up, so I can get this in before Mother's Day. Mother's Day, I gotta be nice. But mothers, you stink at being fathers. I'm just gonna say it. It's okay because you're not alone. Dads, we stink at being moms. We do. Now, there is an exception to every rule, right? Somehow, adults are still good at acting like children. Now, that's a topic for another day, of course. But that's unfortunate. But what, what do we do when we recognize we're bad at something? Like, really bad at it. What do we do? We have two options. Go ahead, Ron. Blame somebody else. Blame somebody You know what? That's ingenious. That's right. That's right. I like that answer. That's not one I thought of. Blame somebody else. What can we do if we're really bad at something? I thought of two options. Just accept it. Just live with it. Okay. Don't do it no more. Don't. That was the first one I thought of. Quit. Yeah. If there's something I'm really bad at, I don't do it anymore. It's called contracting. Find someone else to do it. Um, <laughs> delegating. That's right. You have another option. What's your other option? Practice makes progress. Practice makes progress. Or learn from someone who knows what they're doing. Right? Have someone train you. Now, if you have to do something that you're bad at, like you have to, absolutely have to, you can't get away from it, you have to do it, that's the only strategy you have, is find an expert to help you. Find someone who's competent at it, who's good at it, and let them help you. Now, my children are good at doing that. They are. My children are very good at when they're asked to do grown-up kinds of things, like help make dinner, or carrying something heavy from the groceries. They love to ask for help. They ask mom and dad for help. They like to have the experts at being parents near them, even though we're not experts. But they want those who are good at something around them when they have to do something they're not good at. And I think that's a very good example for parents. And unfortunately, we have a screwed up culture, do we not? As we mentioned last week, people are so offended so easily. Sometimes you're seeking to compliment somebody by telling them they're naturally better at something 
than you are, and they get offended by that. If we tell moms they're good at being moms and bad at being dads, if we tell dads they're good at being dads and bad at being moms, somehow they find that offensive. And I think that's weird. But shouldn't it be a compliment because that's how God designed us? Now, on occasion, sometimes dads are called to do things that moms are naturally good at. And sometimes that happens even for me. I'm called to do something that my wife is very good at being a mom, but I have to do a mom thing. And when I do that, I make sure Janine is on speed dial. <laughs> and I tell her, don't linger too long, because I'm not good at your job. And I'll even say, Janine, keep your phone nearby, because I am confidently incompetent at being a mom in a role that has not been designed for me. I can do them in the short term, but I cannot do them in the long term with any success. In fact, my mom used to say when we were little, you guys may have heard this, you just wait till your dad gets home. You guys ever heard that one? Wait till your dad gets home. In other words, dads are typically better at discipline, and my mom wanted to instill that fear in us that the one who was good at discipline would be home very soon. And it usually worked. And I knew dad was good at discipline and mom wasn't as good. So moms have to sometimes discipline their children, and that's a good thing. But sometimes, usually, typically, dads are better at discipline than moms are. And sometimes dads have to be the primary caretaker of the children, even though moms are better at it. But when mom is sick or mom is called away, dads have to step into that role. And that's when we realize how valuable our wives and moms are, right? I'm so thankful for when my wife comes home from an errand and relieves me from being the primary caretaker. Now, we, we usually survive, but barely. Uh, the house is usually rearranged. The kids look different. But we're alive. And I say, thank you, Janine, for being home. Thank you for doing what you do. And it works the other way, too. Janine is glad when I'm around to do dad things. What's the point of this, you may be asking? Well, here's something that we're all bad at doing. And hopefully you'll agree with me, is acting like God. Correct? We're not good at that. We're classically not good at acting like God. Now, in the scripture, God does something remarkable. He calls us to act like his son, Jesus. That's shocking, isn't it? God tells us we must act like his son, be like his son. And when he does this, he knows he's asking us to be good at something we are naturally very incompetent at. So why would he demand us to act like someone we're incapable of being like? And I think it's quite, it's quite simple. When God asks us to do something we're not good at, like being like Jesus, he commands us to be like Jesus, he's hoping that we will, number one, recognize we're naturally bad at it, two, ask him for help, and three, stay near the expert, correct? It's that simple. But why? Why would God set up that system? Well, I think it's simple. When children admit to their parents that parents are way better at being parents than they are, when moms admit to their dads, admit to their husbands, that they're thankful that dads exist because they're so much better at their role. And when dads recognize that without their wives being the mom, the household would explode, something cool happens. Those who are naturally good at their God-designed roles feel valued. And that value brings them glory. If we are the very same with God, when we tell God we're bad at acting like Jesus, and we ask God for help, and we make every effort to stay near the expert, Jesus himself, then we remind God of his value to us. We remind ourselves that God's value to us is infinite. 
And guess what that does? That brings God glory. God is glorified and we are benefited when we recognize that we need God's help to act like Jesus. Let me read a passage to you. It's one of my favorite passages in the entire scripture. It's John 15, 1 to 11. You guys have heard this before because I know that we have a little uh, painting out there with the vine. It says, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Amen? Amen. Jesus reminds us that we're not naturally good at being like him. And he doesn't do this to demean us. He does it to help us. When we're called to bear godly, Christ-like fruit in our lives, we have three options. Number one, we can assume that we can bear godly, Christ-like fruit on our own, and we can fail miserably every time. Number two, just as Joel stated, we can assume we're not good at bearing godly, Christ-like fruit and give up. That's an option. Or, because it's a commandment, we can listen to God, we can believe what Jesus tells us and make sure that we go to Jesus for help and stay near the expert so that we can obey God's will and bear godly, Christ-like fruit. And that's the only option that's really available to us. Yes, we have to bear godly, Christ-like fruit in our lives. You find it right there in John 15 as a commandment from God. Otherwise, he says, we flirt with hellfire. Did you notice that? The branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Because being fruitless at Judgment Day will mean we did not believe Jesus. And we did not obey Jesus. That's not possible. That's not an option for those who recognize that tonight. Bearing godly Christ-like fruit is not optional. We must do it. So how do we become like Jesus? It's a simple process. What's that? Yes, sister. That's right. Listen to the expert. Recognize you need his help. Ask him for help. And stay very near the expert. That's Jesus himself. When we do this, guess what the promise is? We will bear all kinds of godly, Christ-like fruit. And if we don't ask for Jesus' help, according to John 15, 5, guess what we'll do? Who heard it? Nothing. Do you notice that? John 15, 5, Jesus says, apart from me, you could do nothing. Let that sink into your mind. Apart from Jesus, we are capable of, say it, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> How do you love that self-help right there? Uh, go out and do nothing. No, I'm just teasing. Here's the point. We need to bear godly Christ-like fruit, but we need to recognize we are confidently incompetent at being like Jesus on our own. And then let us go to Jesus for his help because that's why he came. 
That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. I, hopefully you guys just talked about that. That's what the point of the Holy Spirit is. Not so that we don't bear fruit. Not so that we become discouraged. Not so that we do nothing. So that we remind ourselves who is actually capable of bearing all the fruit. And then we learn and we listen and we, we get his strength. And it reminds us of Christ's infinite value to us. He's not just valuable because he died on the cross. He's valuable to us every single hour of every single day. Because without him, we can do nothing. And according to Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you notice the difference? Nothing or all things. And what's the catalyst? Jesus. And when we do that, we glorify God's name. And we will, according to the promise of, John, of God himself, we will become like Jesus. And that should encourage us today. Thanks for listening to the Devotional Toddcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. Learn more about us at CrossroadsOfLittleton.com. Crossroads Church, seeking to shine the light and love of Jesus in the heart of New England.